with no sense of impending disaster. You should have called me earlier, Isabel protested, sitting up when he went in with the tea. The sheet slipped from her shoulder and uncovered her breast, and at the same time Michael called, Can I come in, Mum? Get washed first, Isabel called. I am washed. The sheet was soon safely in position. Breakfast was normal too. Paul ate while sitting in the window seat and looking out onto a pleasant, rather narrow stretch of lawn with a herbaceous border on one side against the fence with the Pendletons next door on the right. There had been very little rain this summer, but there was vivid colour from antirrhinum, aster, daisy and marigold, and the dahlias were beginning to open, although they were not likely to be big blooms this year. As Paul ate his toast, Isabel cooked the children's breakfast hair still a little untidy, and legs bare, which meant that she hadn't stayed long enough to pull on a belt. She could do without a belt quite well. Her figure was a little thicker, but not so very different from the days when they had first met. Paul doubted whether she would ever get what she most dreaded, middle-aged spread. Yet her dieting was spasmodic. Her legs were full, with firm, strong-looking calves, tapering away to nice ankles. Her feet poked into heelless rope slippers, bought last year, when they had taken the first family holiday abroad, on the Costa Brava. Paul thought, as he had a hundred times about that holiday, and everybody told me it would be cheap. He smiled to himself. It had been worth it. The rush of the children to see him off as he started out for the station was normal. So was Isabel, appearing at the last moment, waving. He thought how fresh she looked this morning. It was hard to believe that she had a daughter of Rosie's age. He met the usual neighbours on the way to the station. He caught the usual train. It was a Friday, payday, the day when he would make up the salaries of the thirty-one members of the staff who were paid weekly. He would draw the usual five hundred pounds, and that would leave enough petty cash for the rest of the week. He had collected five hundred pounds on a Friday so often and without the slightest trouble that he gave it very little thought. Five hundred pounds these days wasn't a sum large enough to attract the wage snatchers. They went in for the really big money. He had only a hundred yards to walk from the office, a hundred yards crowded with people. It did not really occur to him that there was danger, although after every big wages snatch Isabel would worry and ask him, if he took the proper precautions. Kent, the ageing office manager, would fuss a little and have one man go ahead of him and one man follow, to reduce the risks to an absolute minimum. Benison was lucky to get a seat on the train. The office was only fifteen minutes' walk from Waterloo Station, a brisk walk over the new Waterloo Bridge, which gave the best panoramic view of any of the London bridges whenever he thought to look, or whenever he took visiting relatives on a quick tour. It was a calm, slightly misty, sunny morning, not yet too warm even for August. The river was almost like glass. No craft yet stirred on it. The big office building on the south bank near the festival hall was almost finished. In fact, some of the offices were occupied. Nothing really went on forever, not even building. His office was on the fringe of Covent Garden. It was in a little block of old buildings, ready three houses knocked into one. The company, Revel and Son, 
made all kinds of cartons and packing cases, containers and wrapping. For years there had been talk of building a small factory somewhere out of London, but the Covent Garden property was freehold, and the problem of delivery very simple from here. Much of their business was in urgent special orders. There was no real mass production in anything they did. Paul Benison preferred being here, and hoped that the factory would never be more than a dream in old Revel's mind. Kent, very grey, short, thick-set, with wispy eyebrows and a continually harassed manner, was already in his office. The office staff worked on the top floor, and could overlook part of the market. "'Good morning, Paul.' "'Hello, George. I'm a bit worried this morning,' Kent said. "'What's on your mind?' Benison unlocked his desk and went to the safe in the corner where all the wages books were kept. Little docket.